<laughs> we are having too much <laughs> fun with this. Hey, welcome to YWAM Lancaster's <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> Bro, do you know how many people, they make bank doing that on TikTok? Dude, yeah. It's but always... Where's the Christian ASMR? You you wake up in the morning, you make the coffee, you turn the Bible pages. The still small voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ministry bro and anyways okay all right becca take control of us we we need to be right no idea what these guys are talking we about. need to be right welcome to where's the movement podcast we will introduce you to people who have been a part of movements of god's spirit on the earth past and present to catalyze you to a place of action as a jesus follower and fulfilling the great commission so that God will receive his maximum glory on the earth. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Cordell. I'm sitting here today on the Where's the Movement podcast with my good friends Joel Bomberger and Luke Weaver. Uh, We're going to be talking about um, collaboration and and unity and and what it looks like to do, uh, be a part of a movement with people. Uh, Because... that's what this podcast is all about. Where's the movement? So we're asking, where, where are people linking arms and, and rolling together? And I love the definition of the word movement. Look it up sometime because it says a multiple, uh, um, uh, what, what's the word? Um, uh, based, Multiplication? No, it's in the Bible always. It's like Jesus spoke to a multitude, ah. a multitude of people. Uh, uh, working together to achieve one goal. Um, so wow. that's really fun. And so that's what we're looking for here. And there's so much going on right now um, in our region and in the nations. Um, but before we s- s- jump into that stuff, uh, I wanted you all to just introduce yourself. Um, so Luke, tell us a little bit about you and, and what you're up to right now. Yeah, thanks, Cornell. Happy to be here on uh, this podcast. Uh, currently, my wife, Julie, and I are directors of Youth with a Mission Lancaster, and uh, we've been gone for about two and a half years here. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of history for us and kind of how we got here was that we were uh, involved in a Gateway House of Prayer. Uh, Gateway House of Prayer is a 24-7 prayer center that uh, was established to um, see the purposes of God expressed across a region and the purposes of the enemy uh, thwarted. And so as part of that movement, it was uh, evident that God wanted to do something really significant out of Lancaster in regards to prayer and missions. And uh, having done YWAM previously, you know, there was a heart to say, how do prayer and missions link up? And so when we heard about the opportunity to see a youth with a mission base planted here in Lancaster, um, it seemed like a natural fit for us to be a part of that, and the Lord had confirmed that through a word. So that's what we've been doing recently. So after about eight years at Gateway House of Prayer and 24-7 prayer for the purposes of God regionally, um, we stepped into uh, directing, gate, uh, not Gateway House, we stepped into directing uh, Youth with a Mission Lancaster, and that's what we've been doing the last uh, five years-ish. Awesome. So cool. Luke, I forgot that you did a DTS way prior before this. Where did you do your DTS? I forgot. Yeah, um, I first did YWAM in 1997. No. DTS in 97 in Cimarron, Colorado, and that's actually where I met my wife, Julie. She was not in DTS, but she was actually in high school, 16 years old at the time. Whoa, bro. When you see see a good one, you got to snag them quick before somebody else gets them. (laughs) And you guys have had how many kids since then? 
Yes, it's all working out with six kids, you know, and, you know. Yeah. yeah. Praise oh God. My so, goodness. I mean, that's just wild because, uh, I mean, sometimes people look at, like, the prayer and missions things in, like, contrast to each other, right? Because the prayer folks are like, man, we just need to stay inside more and pray way more. And then the mission people sometimes are like, we need to get out more and do more. So how, how did you, just like in a summary, like how did you go from missions to prayer to, to missions again? And, and what do you think the Lord was trying to deposit in your heart there? Yeah, I think that that was strategic on behalf of the Lord. I mean, I grew up in Lancaster, which is known for being really works-oriented. Uh, so like get a vision and go do it. So getting into missions and realizing that there was people who had never heard the gospel, uh, it seemed clear to me that the best thing I could give my life to was bringing the gospel to people who have never heard. And I think the, um, the temptation would have been like, let's just get about getting this job done. And I think it was strategic of the Lord to say, um, you know, you're going to burn yourself out trying to accomplish things on your own effort. You got to understand how to first hear my voice, align with what I'm saying, um, and then receive the grace to accomplish the task. So I think that the whole um, step into house of prayer setting was never a diversion from missions, but was a conduit to understand how to do missions. That it was out of the overflow of intimacy, connection with the Father, that we then get the um, the download from the Father's heart and. That word uh, releases grace, faith and grace to us then to accomplish that purpose. So um, it's just walking together in those two elements of intimacy and assignment. And I think I would have probably not given enough emphasis on the intimacy piece had I not walked kind of through the experience at the House of Prayer. That's so good. And that's something I think, you know, when you're looking at revival history, you see this really awesome tension and it's good that there's tension in like these two elements. And when they work really well together, it bursts really cool things. So, I mean, when I think about revival and revival history, Joel, we spend a whole, I, well, we spend a whole bunch of time talking about it and, yeah. and hoping to live it today. Um, so, Joel, tell me a little bit about you and uh, what got you here. I'm still blown away that you did your DTS in 97. 97. I was four years old. <laughs> That's blowing my mind. So I'm Joel Bomberger. I was born in 1993. I'll take you back to the cradle days. <laughs> I grew up here in Lancaster um, <clears throat> and actually got wildly encountered, transformed by God and the Holy Spirit, primarily through Gateway House of Prayer, to be honest. Um, though I was a Christian my whole life, and I won't go into my whole testimony, but I got rocked at Gateway, and just loving God in his presence, encountering his presence, um, knowing him in the place of prayer. It was just wild, you know. Here's my first memories of Joel. <laughs> Sprinting back and forth across the house of prayer, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh, man, where the Spirit of the Lord Not is, there's freedom. Changed, man. You know? Not much has changed, man. Not much has changed. I used to literally just vault over the chairs. You know, I was it's just true. like hurdles, man. It's true. <laughs> Nobody knew totally what to do with true. me. <laughs> they still don't know what to yeah. do with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. So that was like wild gateway house of prayer and in the place of prayer i remember just starting to burn for revival which i tell people now was interesting because it wasn't as much of a buzzword as it is now yeah and it was even before i did the internship at gateway and before i even had anybody really teach me about revival or anything 
I just got kind of a deposit, I think, straight from the Lord in prayer that I was like, I want people to be revived. You know, I experienced such an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit, like a revival myself yeah. that I just wanted other people to encounter that. So I found myself praying for revival and praying for people to come to know him, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a wild journey of just seeing that lived out here in Lancaster at my workplace, at Refreshing Mountain Camp, at everywhere I went, leading outreaches into Lancaster. Um, and then I got wildly hooked up with um, Circuit Riders, the School of the Circuit Riders, which is now a ministry of youth with a mission. Uh, before, it just started as kind of like an evangelism training school. Nobody really knew what was going on. Andy Bird and Brian Brent were kind of the pioneers of that. And I did one of the first schools that they hosted, like a two-week school out in L.A., and it just revolutionized my world uh, because I didn't know it at the time, but I truly was gifted as an evangelist um, and as a revivalist. And I think it was the Lord, you know, to your point as well, Luke, it was the Lord that really put me in the place of prayer first because somebody actually prophesied over me one time, like, the Lord made you fall in love with him in the house of prayer because if you wouldn't have that time, you would have just gotten, you would not would never stop. I would be out just constantly yeah. ministering, constantly working, constantly just evangelizing, and I would never come back to the place of just like rest and yeah. relying on the Lord because I'm just a, such a go, go, go guy. Yep. But I fell in love with his presence. And now it's like, no, that's actually what I want. <laughs> and all of the other stuff is, yes, it's a gifting. It's what I desire, but I, I just want to be with Jesus and I would be totally content to be with him anyway. So I've been, I've been with circuit riders now for like, what has it been? Almost 10 years now lived in Huntington beach for almost five of those years. And then recently got, uh, connected with the send, which is also an initiative of YWAM and the circuit riders helped mobilize for that the past year. And then the Lord moved my wife and I back here to Lancaster to follow the movement. Follow the movement. Oh, <laughs> where's the movement? It's here in Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I I think that's something I, I love about the two of you. And a shout out to, to Gateway, because there's so many people with that story. Woo. Um, and like for me, I wanted to, to go to India right after my GTS almost 10 years ago now. And um, the Lord was like, no, I want you to go to Lancaster and pray. And I was like, I want to do. And he was like, no, I want you to go and pray. Man. And it teaches you something in that desperation. Because now, like, with what's happening in the region and, and what the Lord wants to do, like, yeah, I, would to- I could totally burn myself out. So uh, spend time in the houses of prayer in your region, in your area. And if there isn't one. Maybe you should start one. But even that in itself is a lot of work. So you can, you can pray in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So good. Um, I think what's interesting with both of you is you guys have this really big vision, both. So, like, Joel, you've been spending 10 years ripping across the nation the way that uh, – the United States, the way that you did Gateway apparently ten years ago, yep. just running through and throw right on the on the tours, contending for revival, the send, all of this. Luke, you, you you having a heart for the nations and and a burning for for the ten forty window. You've spent time uh, doing missions in the Himalayas and and really unseen, unknown places, a heart to reach the unreached. 
Um, so I think what's interesting is like, why are you here? <laughs> you know, like, like what, it, what is it about Lancaster? Do you guys think that is calling people here? Like if, if like both of you are like, here I am, send me, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And the Lord brings you here in context. If you don't know a ton about Lancaster, uh, just a place seeped in church history, um, so much uh, value for family, really conservative place, lots of Amish people, and tons of amazing churches. So with all of that context in there, what is it that you think the Lord is wanting to do today? Um, and, and why is it do you think you're here? You touched it both a little, but if you could expand on that. You left out Sleepy Farm Town. Sleepy farm town. <laughs> Small population. It's not like a big city. You know? Yeah. It's not very influential. Yeah. But yet, it could be the most influential county. I know. That's what people say. <laughs> but like, why, 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 why do we hear that? Yeah, it's mainly... We don't even have a Trader Joe's, guys. We don't have a Trader Joe's. We, we don't have an Ikea. We don't have an Ikea. This has been the distress of my past year. My yeah. wife and I can't go to Trader Joe's. Really? And get... You've definitely been uh, in the way. Yeah. Our freaking peanut butter puffins for our kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you're, you're literally driving down the road and you're passing a horse and carriage. And I don't even think about that. But that's like a normal part of everyday life here. Like, that's how crazy bizarre it is. And there's people without electricity. I don't know what... I don't know what the population you mean, is. I mean, but you think we're like, like third or fourth tier city. Like it's pretty small. Oh yeah. You yeah. think if God would like call us to go somewhere where there's movement, like why wouldn't he call us to Philly? Yeah. Right? Or yeah. like even New York City, that's close. Yeah. Some place that's big, it's known to be influential, right? Yeah. Or places where there's not like more churches than there are Trader Joe's or like right. bars. There's literally which I think so is actually many true, churches here. Which is rare. Uh, as far as U.S. cities is concerned, so I don't know, Luke. Do you do you have thoughts on that? Well, it seems um, a little bit of reflection on our past probably makes some sense. Um, you know, the people that settled this land had deep-seated conviction to honor the Lord, walk in the fear of the Lord, and um, had been forged. That that commitment had been forged through persecution. So. 200 years of persecution uh, caused them to land here with a strength of conviction to follow the Lord and to preserve what they believed was most honoring to the Lord. And, um, and it was this primarily the Anabaptists, right? Yeah, primarily the Anabaptists. So this who, is like the 1500s here. or something. Uh, 1600. 1700s here. Um, but the Anabaptist movement had started in the 1500s. So they had okay. 200 years of history of persecution all through Europe and uh, had finally found a place to express, you know, their heart for the Lord and freedom. And there was, it was kind of out of that strong conviction that, that I believe that God honored the hearts of those, those individuals. And he chooses to do unique things with individuals, families, and even locations. I mean, you know, you can see that, that God said, Hey, in Jerusalem, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest my presence. I'm going to do something unique out of Jerusalem. So there are times and places, there are specific locations and people that God chooses for a purpose to express his purposes through. And so I believe that as you look at our history, um, there has been the preservation of a root of righteousness in this land since the beginning. And, um, 
you can see anytime God does something unique in a location, it's always about a multiplication of that location to the earth. It's to the nations. It's always bigger than ourselves. It's never meant to like just be here so we can have a wonderful place to live. Yeah, that's good. So I believe that it's part of an expression of God's covenant with Abraham when he says, hey, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation so that all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So what God has done here in, in Lancaster is uniquely preserve a group of people who have a strong commitment to righteousness and the fear of the Lord, even if it's not expressed entirely accurately all the time. I mean, there's certainly a religious stronghold in this region, but people walking around or people driving around in horse and buggies, I mean, they're, they're doing that because they believe it honors God and they're willing to live a significant hardship to honor what they believe God's asked of them. So misplaced to a degree, but still out of a conviction to say, I'm willing to lay down my life for what I believe will honor the Lord. And so I think there's something in that, that God saw and said, Hey, I can, I can use, you know, that heart. And, um, there's been a preservation of righteousness in this region. And what's that that's led to is the heart of God being expressed in the nations. And, uh, you know, I know Andy Bird says this a lot, uh, leader in youth with a mission in the send, but he says there's been more, um, missions giving and mission sending out of Lancaster per capita than anywhere else in the world. And I mean, that's an astounding statement. So, a review of our past, I believe, helps inform our future. What is it that God has intended for this place? So the why question, why am I here when I have a heart for unreached peoples? Why am I here when I have a heart for global missions? Is that I believe that God wants to do something unique out of this little farming community to serve as the tip of the spear to fulfill the Great Commission in this generation, that he wants to renew a missions movement. He wants to build on the foundation of the platform that's already present here um, and have this be a part of leading the movement to see the Great Commission fulfilled. So that's why I'm here is because, you know, I want to do my part, invest however I can in catalyzing this movement to see the Great Commission fulfilled and Jesus honored in every nation, tribe, and tongue. I think it's so good. Like um, scripture says, he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise the weak things of this world yeah. to confound the things that are mighty. So it's like, of course, you know, the the mighty thing would be like New York City, it's the most influential thing. You know, you always look outwardly at like, okay, the influence of LA or of this or that. And I'm not saying God's not moving there. I, I, he actually is powerfully. Yes. But sometimes he chooses kind of the oddities, mm -hmm. the weak things, the foolish things mm -hmm. that actually make people kind of scratch their head and kind of it's like a sign and a wonder and you'll definitely notice the foolish and weak things as you smell the manure of the springtime in Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you ever visit here, you're not here, you're like, wow, that is a powerful scent. Um, and speaking of also the history, my eight great-grandfather was the first settler in Lidditz, which is a small town of Lancaster. So little, wow. little Bomberger and Lancaster trivia for you there. He lived in a cave off of Newport Road, his gravestone is still there. Hallelujah. That's so maybe the most Anabaptist thing I heard. They used to hide in caves. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably why I'm here, because I have some yeah. sort of heritage. My my great 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 grandfather was the first settler here, and and there was some preachers in my family line. So I'm here to restore what he first <laughs> established. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but really, like, why? Like, what? What is it? That you're here. Like, I know when you moved from here, you were in, what, Kansas City. 
working with the sand, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you, here you were. Uh, yeah. So, so why is it when there was this huge momentum, right? You were a part of this huge movement called the sand. Um, what is it that, why do you think you're here today, Joel? Well, I'm here because I follow the Lord. And I believe he speaks <laughs> and God speaks to us a lot through dreams. And there was just very, very clear words of God for us to move here. So I, I am never in it for even outward fruit. I'm not in it to like, okay, you know, I can measure ministry success. I can measure business success. You know, there was two years of my life where I actually left ministry full time and started a business, which was so odd to me, but it was so clearly the Lord leading. I'm in it to obey Jesus. Yeah. You know, that's what I desire to do. Um, so when he moved us back here, we had dreams of essentially revival happening in Lancaster, of, you know, floodwaters filling this area of like thousands and probably tens of thousands of youth gathering across fields of just hundreds and hundreds of people being baptized in creeks. Like I kept having these dreams over and over again here in Lancaster. So that was just like, okay. God is doing something there that I knew he wanted us to be a part of. Um, and then I had, you know, there. so then last last dream that I'll share, that was the icing on the cake. Because I, I had my eyes set on Lancaster and had been traveling back here to minister and to serve because I have family here and I have history here. So there's kind of a unique favor that God has put on my life, even in this region, uh, just because of the history I have here. But there was a dream I had where there was there was youth gathered in a barn, which is funny because Gateway House of Prayer is a barn. Um, and there's also lots of barns here because it's farmland. Come yep. on, guys. We have a barn um, on our campus. Yes. There's everywhere. <laughs> so there's literally just any barn. But there was, there was youth gathered in a barn. I knew it was in Lancaster. And um, there was a seventh grade girl in this dream who was going to get up and share on stage. And intuitively in the dream, I knew it, this was exactly like what happened at the Welsh Revival. Um, when that young girl stood up in a youth meeting and just shared, I just love the Lord Jesus with my whole heart. And that was what people say was the starting of the Welsh revival, which if you're not familiar, was two years of just widespread salvation, prayer meetings. I mean, people praying late into the night, two, three in the morning, fellowshipping, there was over 100,000 recorded salvations in a two-year period wow. on the, the little country of Wales, which was, was very small. Um, and to this day, I think they say that 80% of those who were affected or saved during that time are still plugged into churches um, or their family lines are. It was back in 1904, six. I forget. I think six. 1906. Anyway, so in the dream, um, so I'm, I'm waxing eloquent, but in the dream there That's was um, a girl that stood up, and I knew this was exactly like Welsh Revival, and as she stood up, the glory of the Lord filled that barn, and I literally woke up in my bed yelling under the power of God, which was the craziest experience. Wow. Um, at like three in the morning. Bless your wife. <laughs> I know. I was literally, <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, and I felt like the Lord said that what he's doing in Lancaster is going to be like the Welsh revival, and it's also going to be like the, the Hebrides revival. So go study the Welsh and the Hebrides revival, and I just believe that God wants to do something just like in a small country of Wales. That 
influenced so much of even the modern day missions movement, what happened yeah. there. Um, and the, the explosion of the gospel from that small little country, I believe there can be an explosion of the gospel from a small little county of Lancaster, uh, through what he wants to do here. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, I was just obedient. That's why I'm here. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I love that. The the simple obedience piece and not questioning the Lord. And like, really? Because both of you have reason of like, man, like Joel, you could be doing stuff in big cities. Luke, you could be uh, planting stuff in, in nations. And I'm sure eventually the, the Lord may have both of you doing those things. But right now, he has you here in this small spot. And so just simply saying yes and then a lot of times after we say yes, we start learning this stuff, you right. know, of of the history of, of what God has done. Um, but I just encourage anyone who's listening. I mean, if the Lord's calling you somewhere, like just go, like whether it's, um, you know, an alleyway in a moment, like, hey, go. Maybe there's someone that he wants you to speak to or if it's if it's a calling thing, like a little city in in Albania or, or a little place in, in your home state, like just do what the Lord's asking you to do. Cause we never know the larger storyline. Cause both of these things are just tapping into this huge storyline of this tiny place. Um, so simple obedience, wait, simple changes obedience. history. Yeah. That's what the, the circuit riders mantra was back in the, you know, 1700s, but it's also what we've been trumpeting again. And I truly believe that. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't come through great strategies. Those strategies, okay and good. Yeah. Simple obedience changes history. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. And you look at circuit rider history, a lot of what they were doing were hitting these small towns and these small little churches. And, and even missions, like really great missions is this grassroots, like hitting little villages. And, and a lot of times uh, the Lord does really big things there. I mean, we're, we're coming towards Christmas. Like, What's this? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth, right? Is what they said, and that's right. the spot he chooses to to uh, manifest his son on the earth. So praise God, Lord, manifest what you want to manifest in Lancaster. Um, so yeah, we have all kinds of exciting things going on. We got uh, you didn't mention Jesus rallies, uh, but that's something that you've been a part of, Joel, and you've been a part of. We've been a part of uh, as YWAM as well. Uh, gathering and just rallying around Jesus, worshiping him. We've been seeing healings and salvations. And over the summer, how many baptisms did we see? A little bit over 150 baptisms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, I mean, that was the effort of like, okay, we're I'm having all these dreams about youth just gathering in fields. And we're obviously seeing so many momentum. So we're just like, why don't we just set up a tent and start gathering, right? And just see what God does. Um, and we did that together here with YWAM Lancaster, even back from, uh, 2020 during the pandemic, we held a couple of them where youth gathered on fields and it was just really incredible to see the hunger and the amount of youth that came with like very little marketing or strategy. It was just like people showed up. Um, so this summer was kind of our like test of like, let's just do 10 weeks gathering in a tent and, over 150 baptisms, spontaneous, you know, people just coming and getting saved, getting baptized, healings happening, people driving from hours away to come, probably a little bit over a thousand would gather every week, 
you do it on a Thursday, um, and really some profound encounters with the Holy Spirit during the summer. So it was a really, really incredible time, and I'm looking forward to doing more of those. Yeah, so so you got we've got some coming up and bringing in the new year. Yeah, while we're talking about it, do you want to just take a second and yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, everybody after there was so much momentum after this summer, everybody expected just to kind of keep going. Well, the Lord clearly put it on pause, and I think that was even strategic um, for people to not rely on the crutch of the gathering, but to actually go out and implement what they learned. Yeah. Uh, but coming up here in the New Year's, we're going to do three nights back-to-back. So it's going to be the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, December 29th, 30th, and 31st. I'm doing three nights of Jesus rallies. And then during the days, we're actually going to do prayer, and we're going to do training breakouts. Um, so this will all be held at Ephrata Community Church because I know Lancaster people are hardcore, but being in a tent in the <laughs> middle of December – might not be the best. Also, idea. if it snows <laughs> on that tent, we're in big trouble. We're, so. we're pretty much screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. So we're excited. I think um, we might be having uh, uh, Jason Hershey from David's Tent come up and share. Hopefully, some folks from Any Bible Poverty to Now uh, coming up and sharing during the teaching times. And Circuit Riders is rolling in. YWAM Boston. I heard um, Luke Weaver might even Luke be there. Luke Weaver might be there. <laughs> uh, YWAM, of course, is there. YWAM Lancaster and Joel, <laughs> we're always there. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, and tons of local churches. ECC has been great. Uh, Dove, uh, Life Center. There's just so many people um, that are throwing down for this. And that's kind of the, the next thing is what when I look at both of you, and I've had the joy of working pretty closely with both of you over the the past uh, few months or or years. Um, I see both of you thinking a lot and spending a lot of time in creating unity and collaboration and having a lot of conversations in, in, in in that. And uh, like when we look at this last summer, there were so many different ministries and pastors and, and ministers that got up and shared. Uh, It was just really incredible. Um, But Boy, it seems to take a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of effort to make stuff like that happen. Uh, so, uh, Luke, I'll start off with you. Why, why is it that you think that spending the time in creating collaboration or, or unity, uh, why, why is it that it seems to be important in the body of Christ or in these movement kind of things? <clears throat> it's a great question. I think um, some of it has to do with where we're headed. So Jesus' prayer in John 17, he prayed that um, that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And then Psalms 133 says that where brethren dwell together in unity, it's in that place that the Lord commands a blessing, even life forevermore. So the original intention of God was always for us to dwell together as a family in unity, uh, expressing um, you know, his nature and his character in that way. And uh, so I think that that has been a motivator for me. But beyond that, Joel talked about the word of the Lord. And um, really, to give credit to the Lord for his leadership is really yeah. the only way to go, because it's not like, um, yeah, we came up with this great idea or anything. It was something that the Lord led us into. So some of it was my role at Gateway House of Prayer was a collaborative role. It was to express 
kind of the vision of Malachi 111, um, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, my name will be made great in every place incense will arise. So Gateway House of Prayer was a collaborative effort from the local churches. So my role was to continue to build relationship for the purpose of expressing the body of Christ, um, praying together as one for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it was in the context of that that the conviction of my heart was that God had um, something greater for us as we work together than we could ever accomplish individually. So, you know, we're better together. We can do things together we could never do on our own. And I believe that it was in that context, God just began to give me vision to say, if you want to do something supernatural in nature, if you want to see God manifest his kingdom in a way that's beyond what you can do, first of all, it's that place of intercession and prayer where you receive words from the Lord. But the second key ingredient to that is that the body of Christ is coming together around that word of the Lord and bringing uh, each gift that each person has, you know, um, you know, it talks about in the Bible about how the body is comprised of different parts. So if we want the holistic picture of transformation in the kingdom of God, we need each part in the body of Christ to be represented and manifest. And so I believe that's what it looks like. The commanding of life evermore in that place is when the body of Christ is manifesting the gift, the, the investment of God, you know, in their hearts and lives, when they're all manifesting that, they're all representing that, they're all expressing that, and we get a holistic view of, of who God is and what, what he wants to do. So um, a lot of it's just been the way the Lord's led me, the places I've been, and the words that he has specifically given me. So it, it wasn't like really a good idea. It was, you know, kind of the theme of this, you know, it's going back to simple obedience, just saying, saying yes to what God's asked me to step into, or yes to the words of the Lord that, you know, that he's given me. Um, has been kind of the leading edge of, of why collaboration. Yeah, and I, I think those things the Lord has put on you, you can see, we've I mean, this ministry, we've only been around for like two and a half years since we've been dedicated in the region. Um, and I think it just shows in how the ministry is positioned and ready to serve the region. Um, so... I think, you know, being two and a half years, we're still like learning and figuring out what is our role in the region. But for sure, because of those things, it's postured us in the spot of we're not 100% sure what it looks like yet, but we're going to be ready to be a part of collaborative things. And I think that like if we're in that spot, I don't know how long we'll be in that spot and pioneering, but that's pretty significant in of itself when you look at church history as a whole um so yeah i think jesus rallies is a fruit of that posturing yeah of like hey we'll be ready to hop in and and joe i mean when you look at your your uh, uh the forward movement on on the, the 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 forward visionary on on jesus rallies yeah um Man, we're pulling in uh, as many folks yeah. as we can. I say we because I'm on on the team with you. Totally, it's so fun uh, serving and working with you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it it creates more space where you're needing to pray more and yeah and and have more conversation, and then there's more people who who have input and and all of this stuff. So so what is it about that collaboration unity piece? that you think is important and, and what fruit have you seen from it? Totally. I think 
first, when I started even kind of processing about the Jesus rallies and wanting to do gatherings, I actually didn't, I wouldn't do it unless I had multiple churches and communities bought in. Um, and simply because if I believe what God is going to do is so regional and impacting uh, a, a larger geographical location around Lancaster, it usually can't just be confined to one church, <laughs> but it needs to be more, right? And I think about, you know, the scripture that says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. That's insane multiplication when you have just two together. So you look at the churches in this region and you see, okay, we got like ECC, which is where I'm currently attending. They're what, like a 3,500 person church. And then we have Worship Center, which I grew up going to, love that church, which is probably similar. And they're doing amazing with what they're doing. But now imagine one can put a thousand to flight. One church can put what God is doing. But then together, how much more could they actually reach? And I just go, I've noticed in my own life, with marriage, right? What is that? I don't think it's scripture at all. It's just a Chinese proverb. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? And it's a lot harder in marriage even to, like, make decisions, things you have to talk more, you have to you know, conversate about different desires, you know, it, it's put so much self, it, it manifests so much selfishness in me of realizing, oh my goodness, like, I don't want to do things that way. I want to do things differently. But there is so much strength in the unity of a marriage team that is, I wouldn't trade for the world. I wouldn't go back to being single, right? So I think that that is in the same way how churches need to view it. There's an importance of their family community that they need to serve but then as god does something beyond their small community and he wants to pour out corporately on a region there needs to be a willingness to work with other churches even when it's hard even when it requires more work more conversation a laying down of your differences because it's just the principle of the bible that if you have Two, you'll be able to put exponentially more uh, fruit from that effort. Yep. Um, yep. And I know, like, with with you and me, Joel, and with you and me, Luke, like, we're I'm working closely with both of you. Yep. So, like, there's, like, we have to, like, sit down and be like, wait, okay, this was, like, a moment of tension here. Like, where do yep. we... And, and talking that through, I've had to have multiple conversations with both, but it's so worth it even in that. And, and in those like hard conversations of like, wait, I, I was expecting this or I was expecting this. Like it's always so worth it because of that multiplication that we see. But sometimes when you look at it, it's like, man, do I really want to sit all these people down and figure out schedules and, you know, all yeah. the pra- a lot of times when we give excuses for not collaborating and not walking together in unity, usually what I first express from my heart and what I'll hear are practical reasons. Right. And then you start to dig a little deeper and maybe there's more things going on. But it, all those hard conversations I remember with Jesus rallies over the summer, yeah, the, the church is involved a lot. A lot of them had different thoughts of what baptisms should look like. Right. We did 150. <laughs> and I'm not sure if any single church was like, yeah, that's exactly how we would do it. Right. 
Um, and that's some of that like push and pull with unity. But yet they still they still honored it. Yeah, and still and that I think is why actually the Lord is moving so profoundly here in Lancaster is because there actually has been a real breaking down of kind of the political agendas not in a governmental sense, like a political spirit in the church, religious spirit that is actually being pulled down. And people are saying, hey, I'm going to lay aside my preferences and I'm actually going to honor what God is doing in our midst. Because, yeah, we we were, you know, churches seen, they would do baptisms differently, but yet they still promoted it from their church, still attended, were still honoring it because they still saw the fruit of the kingdom going forward and the gospel being preached. And I think that is that is the power in unity when we can uh, kind of lay aside the differences of the secondary or even tertiary like doctrinal things that may be very important for your specific house and family, but where we can center around the primary things, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that is our goal with the Jesus rallies, but even kind of the broader theme of just like what is happening in this region is can we bring everybody corporately around the Great Commission and the gospel of Jesus? These are all things that we can agree on. Every church can agree on this. Every Christian should agree on this. And if we can rally around that and then let it express in discipleship and in community in your own individual church communities, that's awesome but we need to come together in unity around the gospel. Yeah. Um, so how are we going to do that in 2023, Joel? I mean, you're you're part of these different streams, Jesus rallies, circuit riders, ascend, other things. Uh, what do you what do you see happening in in 2023? Hot take. Well, I see a lot of <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of partnership continue with YWAM Lancaster, and I I believe we're going to continue to rally around Jesus at the Jesus rallies. And um, this is a unofficial, you know, little birdie told me that the send is probably going to be making its land here in Lancaster in 2023. Wow, big deal. That is a huge deal because, you know, their vision is essentially the exact same. And it is to activate every believer to the Great Commission. Yeah. And it's just remarkable that I think statistically it's around above 70% of church-going, you know, defined Christians do not know what the Great Commission is. Yeah, that's wild. Like, that is incredible. Matthew 28. Like, the, 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 one of the core commands of Jesus and one of the core things of our faith, uh, there's over 70% of the believers that go to church don't even know what that is. And that's, like, mind-blowing to me because I'm like, sure, we have tons of churches here in Lancaster, but we need to put the priorities back in place where people are activated to actually fulfill the Great Commission, to actually live out the Great Commission where they're at. And that's exactly what the SEND does and is basically just a, a catalyst and a service to the churches of the region. So, I mean, in August, we're going to be gathering. It's going to be wild. And... um all throughout that, we're going to be gathering around with the Jesus rallies and just, you know, going after the gospel for people to get saved. Um, I just don't think we realize how much the message is still needed. Yeah. You know, I just thought of the story that I felt to share at the Jesus rallies. On the way to the Jesus rallies, I encountered these two guys. You know, long story short, I ended up at a skate park because I felt the Holy Spirit led me there. 
on the way to the Jesus rally, even though I was going to be late, and I got to preach the gospel to these two 13-year-old kids, and they had never heard the gospel before in their life. And it was so mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Growing up in Lancaster, a very religious church place, they had never been to church once in their life. They had never heard the gospel once in their life. They didn't even really know who Jesus was. They were like, yeah, I mean, I've heard people like, you know, tell me, you know, they believe in Jesus or whatever, but I, I, I don't even know who he was or what he did. So I had to explain to them from the beginning of Genesis to like Jesus dying on the cross, what that all meant. They give their lives to Jesus right there at the skate park. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, but I just say that to say, like, there is still people, even in Lancaster, who do not know the gospel. And even worse, there's still entire nations yeah. that are unreached, right? There is college campuses that are, you know, statistically, there's only like 3% of that college enrollment are plugged into some sort of Christian fellowship. So that's an unreached campus. Yeah. You know, if we, if we consider it like uh, what they consider an unreached nation, yep. there's colleges that are like unreached little communities. And we, as the church, need to put back onto the main focus the Great Commission, making disciples of others, preaching the gospel, um, and that is what we're going to do in 2023. And I believe it's going to have a, an incredible multiplication of fruit. Yeah, amen. We're excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, talking about the Great Commission, Luke, you mentioned this will be our last uh, question for you. You had mentioned the word... Lancaster is to be the tip of the sword in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Well, first off, we can't be the fulfillment in something we don't know about. So I think the the send and and Jesus rallies and and revival, right? If it, it's it's the Lord's gonna birth something, I believe, over the next coming years, year and coming years yep. of of gospel movement, salvation movement, and great commission movement, like knowing what the great commission is, but then there's this sending piece, right? (laughs) So, so like, how does, how does what is happening here, like get multiplied outside of here, right? Because what we see with the nation of Israel in the old Testament, as soon as they stop exporting the blessing of the Lord, the Lord puts them into exile, right? And they're forced to (laughs) forced to go into the nation. So the same question I asked for Joel, what do you see is next? Uh, what do you think is coming in this fulfillment of the Great Commission? What what things do you see coming in, in the coming year or two? And I know you're pioneering and, and figuring things out, but I, I think maybe the Lord is giving you some prophetic uh, uh, roadmap here for the coming years. Yeah, uh, I really strongly believe, uh, and we're investing in, uh, movement of young people. So I, I think that there is a revelation of Jesus that's going to land in the county that's going to express itself through a, a movement of young people and then even impacting this location. Um, you know, you can't, um, you can't give something you haven't received, you know, so, and you reproduce who you are. So if we're believing for a missions movement out of this area, then there has to be the revelation of Jesus has to land here in a unique way, expressed in a unique way. So, yeah, I just I strongly believe that God is going to do something transformational in this generation, uh, something that's even uh, maybe unique nationally. Um, we're we're praying into and stewarding some words of a youth movement in a 
public school campuses um, that is so significant that it goes nationwide. So we are praying and believing for a transformational movement, a shared outpouring of the Holy Spirit across this region that will uh, really uh, align us with the heart of God. It will reveal to us his commitment and his desire to reveal himself, not just to us or our neighbor, but to someone in other nations. And it's the it's the connectivity to the heart of God that really is the motivation for us to launch out and carry the gospel, you know, to unknown places. Uh, it's not a, a religious assignment isn't enough. Um, it's not even a, not even a conviction is enough. It has to be something that God, God has done something in our hearts that has transformed us, that we've experienced something transformational in nature. And it's the understanding that this same God who transformed and met us is desirous to encounter and transform people who haven't heard. That's going to be the foundation of this movement uh, and this multiplication. So I think that God's going to do something really unique um, out of the unity that he's forming in the churches here. I think there's going to be some unique expressions in um, expressing Malachi 1.11 in new ways. I think there's going to be uh, missional expressions that we do collaboratively. And one of the amazing things about this county is there's already the multiplicational structure in place. So we're already in really good relationships. So we've got YWAM, over 2,000 operating locations in the world. We've got Dove International, over 1,000 operating locations in the world. We've got HarvestNet, who, I don't know, last time I checked was three 300 or so operating locations. We've got Global Disciples. We've got Hope International. And, you know, I'm sure I'm EMM. leaving out EMM. You know, there's, there's others. So there's already a structure. There's already a, a container, if you will. There's already a container globally to fill. Um, we're simply waiting for like the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to do something unique in here that moves our hearts to where we're willing to step into missional action and even lay down our lives to carry the gospel to the furthest places of the earth. And the container's already here. The relationships are already in place. The movement's already started. And we're just, we're just praying that like this thing becomes, uh, rather than a trickle, it becomes like a tidal wave of the purposes of God in this generation landing in their hearts in such a way that, I mean, they're already a justice, um, a justice uh, sensitive generation and that, that, that this move of God would hit their hearts in such a way that they're like, we can't not do this. Um, and we see the greatest missions movement the earth has ever seen um, f- out of this place to touch the nations of the earth. The greatest injustice in human history is that people do not know the gospel. Wow. And perhaps the second greatest is that 70% of the church doesn't know the Great Commission. I mean, come on. So, so good, guys. Thank you so much for so sitting good. down and talking. I'm always so inspired every time I walk out of conversation with you guys. Uh, so I encourage you. Uh, you know, we're all just here because we walked in simple obedience we're willing to link arms with people who don't we don't 100% see eye to eye with, but we see the, the strength and the multiplication. And then uh, uh, we're willing to just continue to press in and press forward on the Lord getting his maximum glory across the face of the earth today. So you can do that wherever you are. Uh, I get to know Luke and, and Joel just because I've been walking in simple obedience we get swept up in things like the send, not because we seek like big platforms. Yeah. I think that's something I just want to put in there. I see that in both of you. 
Now, I don't see either of you seeking the big platform. You're seeking obedience and the heart of the Father, going back to that intimacy piece. And when we're focused on intimacy with the Lord, he, he opens doors in ways we can't believe. Luke, you have something? Hey, just one other thing really quick. I was just thinking about this um, collaboration. And we think about how do we see a movement go forth and, you know, we're trying to take over in some sense, like the kingdom of God, right? You know, you know, it's advancing and there's a a spiritual battle in that advancement. And sometimes we think about what do we have to pray for? We got to pray for kind of strongholds over here or things over there. And I think what I've observed is perhaps the greatest battle in spiritual warfare to see a movement be birthed out of collaboration is the um, keeping our hearts free of offense as we work with one another. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think for me that has been where a lot of the battleground has been is how do we stay rightly aligned with the Lord and not get offended because people do something different or say something or or maybe maybe you know um, your idea is embraced maybe it isn't you know it just so many so many ways that the enemy tries to get in and create division through offense. So I think for anybody listening out there, here's my encouragement is when you think about spiritual warfare, guard the integrity of your relationships. Um, and if you will do that, I think there's going to be a, a power and ability to see a movement birthed out of that. Um, it's out of the integrity of those relationships um, that a lot of the spiritual warfare, a lot of the grounds gained. Yep. So good. Joel, any closing thoughts there? Not really. <laughs> cool. So we'll see if you want to see Joel, you can follow him on Instagram. You can follow YWAM on Instagram. We'll be posting updates about the send and other things there. If you want to hop in with, with what God's doing, uh, you can always do a school here at YWAM Lancaster. We got DTS, uh, internships, do a DTS. It'll change your life. Yeah, it'll be so good. And uh, we also talked about Gateway. They have awesome internship. Uh, Circuit Riders has a DTS. So whatever the movement is that the Lord's calling you to, walk in simple obedience and go full in. And simple obedience is staying in that place of humility and forgiveness. Cool, guys. Love it. Love you, Joel, Luke. All right. Bye. Join that movement. Where is it? It's somewhere. Find it. You did say this was going to go out to what, like 100,000 people? I just want to make sure it's worth my time. (laughs) I'm all about the platform. Yeah, so (laughs) like, share, and subscribe. (laughs) Go follow me. My account hashtag is on Patreon. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Where's the Movement podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Find the movement near you.